Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to may have adult language and discuss adult themes not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Now, Benchwarmers, I know it's only after game one, but in honor of the guest that we had on earlier in the week, which if you haven't listened to yet, go back and listen to when Terrell came and joined us. We have some big-time storylines to talk about, Nico. Some very, very big-time storylines. Yeah, the impossible happened. Not not impossible for, to the two of us, but I'm sure everybody else around the country. The impossible happened. The Denver Nuggets have a 1-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals over the Los Angeles Lakers. If you ask the media, Jimmy, it feels like the Nuggets are down 3-0 already So, so because the Lakers figured out the Nuggets. So um, they got that going for them. Yeah, well, we'll definitely we're gonna dive into everything. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, like I mentioned before, if you did not um, go back and listen to our episode on Monday that we released, it was live. So if you missed it live, you can still go back and watch the recordings on YouTube and listen on all audio platforms. We did break down the Western Conference Finals pretty in depth. We didn't really touch on the Eastern Conference. That's what we're kind of here to do. They're in the middle of Game One when we're recording this. Uh, real quickly, follow at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are presented by the Variety Sports Network. Proud uh, show under that affiliation. Be sure to follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore. If I seem out of breath, I'm not fat, I promise. Just got done with like a two and a half hour wrestling practice. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not tired. It's just my lungs are taking a little bit to catch up. Plus, you know, we live at altitude. Our blood's built different. Um, exactly. No, I, I'm interested, first off, to hear about your experience in the arena because – I don't like Darren Ravel, but he did tweet out it was probably the it's probably the best game that we've ever seen, which I don't I wouldn't go that far, but it was a very damn good game, closely contested. Nobody ever gave up. It's still very early in the series and things could change around pretty quickly. But just from being in the arena, what did you see in game one of the Western Conference Finals? Well well being in the arena, I tweeted out before before the game started and, and that was this is the biggest this is the biggest home playoff basketball game we've seen since two thousand nine. Right, like, like, like. Look, the last, last was the conference finals. Obviously, it was in the bubble. That was a weird time. All of us were super excited to be Nuggets fans, and that was like the start. Right? It was like, ah, uh, but I'm not there to watch the game. So how's how easy is it, is it to track now? Home game, home playoff atmosphere um, against the team that you were 0 and 7 all time against in the playoffs, 0 and 3 all time in the Western Conference Finals. That that atmosphere is electric. Every single person there. And look, for a fan base that travels very well like, like the Lakers, they got drowned out very quickly. Drowned out very quickly. I want to say it was probably 90 to 10%. Uh, 90% 90 Nuggets fans, 10% Lakers fans. So kudos to all those season ticket holders, including my dad and such, that sold their tickets if they were going to sell their tickets because it was not a cheap ticket at all um, to Nuggets fans, um, and that's how it should be. So, so and 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 because look, that's one of the gripes I have about have have about Broncos games, have about Rockies games, have have about not not have so much, but those other two sports is that when you ever go to a Rockies game, go to a Broncos game, you're going to see a lot more Raiders jerseys, the majority especially on your side on the opposing sideline than you're going to see Broncos jerseys. And same thing with Rockies fans when they play the Cardinals or the Cubs, Red Sox, Yankees, whoever it may be. And and look. Four, there's four teams left in the NBA in the NBA right now, Jimmy. 
three of them have a very long story to rich history. And one of them doesn't have shit. One of them is the redheaded stepchild that isn't supposed to be here. One of them doesn't have shit, and that's us, okay? So yeah. so to, to see a city back its team like this, like like we did last very similar to like how, how we did last year with the Avs, is just very, very cool to see from a guy that's obviously been a diehard basketball fan his whole life. I will tell you this. I was listening to it on the radio. I was playing video game. I like to shut my brain off, so I wasn't necessarily watching every second of it. I did watch the final minute and a half on the little ESPN app while I was playing, but I listened to a good majority of the game on the radio, and it was I mean, wow. it was it was electric. Yeah, the crowd was into it. I know basketball is a little bit different because they do have kind of like the music and the background noise going constantly, but in the big moments, the crowd was in the right spots. That I'm home court advantage, right? It, it does, the series doesn't officially start until the road team wins. So we'll, we'll see what happens in game two because everybody and their mother, you mentioned the national media. I was listening to the Barstool podcast that I like to listen to. They also said, it just feels like the Lakers are going to come back and put 40 on them. Really? I get Anthony Davis kind of had a quiet night score in 40. LeBron didn't look great. I wouldn't say that there's anything to show me that LeBron has figured anything out and is going to go off in the next game. He is LeBron James, so I could be very wrong about that. It is strange, though. A, just the people being here. I'll tell you, I saw so many more Nuggets jerseys and Nuggets shirts at school. It's kind of insane. They're selling Nuggets shirts on the side of the damn highway. That's the first time I've ever seen that in a little pop-up tent. People are side hustling for Nuggets gear right now. That's how wild it is. It is. I mean, the state is not necessarily known as a, a basketball state. I would say New York is a basketball state. California has pretty much everything, but they focus a little bit more on basketball. It's been tough. I, I know that you love it and, and your family loves it. I know that you know plenty of people that love it. It just doesn't seem like it It doesn't have the hold on, on this place like everything else does. This has been a Broncos town since they've been here in the 60s, and I know that the Nuggets have been here for a long time too. But like we said, the Nuggets were basically dropped off by the FedEx fan, if you've heard that analogy before. Denver was kind of like, I guess we can have a basketball team. We have McNichols Arena. Why not? And then now it's turned into the Pepsi Center slash ball arena. And <clears throat> talk about just in true old school fashion. They had to build everything from the ground up. And they didn't do it by spending a whole – Cronkies have money to spend. They could spend a lot of money. They didn't do that. They, they did it the right way. They time on the fucking Nuggets and Ads, I'll tell you what. They spent yeah. it all on that $500 million building over there in L.A. and and that team in, in England, for their, their soccer club in England. So they don't spend a dime. Look, the, the Colorado Avalanche and Denver Broncos don't have their own practice facility. That, that, they're, they're the only – they're one of the few teams in the whole in – the in, in Where do the Nuggets sports. practice? They practice in a little one one gym, small practice gym that's in the arena. That is that that is part time Nugget stuff, part time whatever. It's like on the very very top of the building. Um, so that's all. That's where they practice, unfortunately. And obviously, the Avs practice at the Family local sports. ice rink that's right down the street from you and me. Yeah. So I, that's I all you it. need to know. I passed it on the way home from the restaurant that we just that we just ate at. It's it is wild because all of these other places they they. I don't get it. I really don't get it, but I, I do. They want the teams to be good. They want to develop their talent, and they want to be able to use their, their players. It's not like they don't want to make money on the Nuggets and Avalanche, but it is very much like everything made gets funneled into these two much more important pieces in their mind. And that's why we have the issue with Stan Kroenke. I know our guys at VSN have other issues with him. 
we could talk about that at another time when when we're in the dead of the summer and have nothing else to chat about. But this is, I mean, we said it with Terrell. I I said it. The Nuggets haven't chased the series yet in the playoffs. As of right now, they are not chasing the series. Winning game one was big. Not saying that there can't be, I don't want there to be a letdown, but that is kind of the spot where we have to talk about because that was, it took everything. And all Scott Hastings was saying was like, damn, Jamal, I get that he's he played very well, but he looks dead. He looks tired. He's still feeling that illness. So there, there was a little bit of, there's some concerns. I will say that there are some concerns. What, what are they going to do now that they have the 1-0 lead? Are they going to be able to handle it? What's going to happen when they go back to LA? All of those things that we can, we, it's very valid to bring up and it's valid to point out. But what they leave out is that Jokic had a double-double at the end of the first quarter and finished with a triple-double scoring 30-plus points. Yes, time. yes. Cool. So there are as good as you could say the Lakers tried to fight back and make it a game, the Nuggets were in control pretty much from, from the jump. Oh, they absolutely were in control, and 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 like I said, look, the team got complacent at the end of the game. That's like like when, that's when, what when scares he, me a little bit. That, that's that's the most scary part, right? Exactly, because when you get complacent to a LeBron-led team, things bad things will happen to you. Luckily, you got a stranglehold of it at the end of it, and we're able to be like, yeah, let's settle down, figure it out. But you played pretty basketball for the last eight minutes of the game, hence the reason why the game was at a three-point lead at one point. Um, you never, you never gave up the lead outside, outside the first two minutes of the game. So, so that was massive. So like I said, you, yeah, the game was close to the end, but the numbers still ended up winning. And look, there, there's this narrative going around saying that, um, that the Lakers figured out Nikola Jokic, that obviously throwing Rui Hachimura on him and playing Anthony Davis and drop coverage is going to change the whole series. Last time I checked, there's only one team up one zero currently. Like you could say that the Lakers that is a moral win for the Lakers. That that, that the Lakers figured out Nikola Jokic. Brother, he still had 40, 20, and 12. I was figuring him out. Figuring him out. But like like sure, you look, you're not the first team to do drop coverage. Ask what happened in Minnesota. Rudy Gobert did not guard Nikola Jokic. It was Carl Anthony Towns. And they put they put uh Rudy Gobert on Aaron Gordon. And put him in drop coverage, and Aaron Gordon punished the shit out of them for that round one. Draymond Green did it to or last year's playoff run. Obviously, that worked out a lot better for them. But there's not the same amount of players around that never noticed um, that last year compared to this year. Like there's there's a much different team around Jokic right now. Like 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 brother, I guess I, I cannot say this enough. Figuring him out means what? <laughs> right? Figuring him out means what? You you had the best game you could have had from Anthony Davis, 40 points. 40 and 10. I don't think he's going to do that again. I, I, I have a hard time thinking he's going to he do that again. He played 40 minutes. He played I, 40 I, minutes at elevation, and the dude barely plays three games in a row all year. Exactly. And, and, and to, to piggyback off that, Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura combined for 40 combined points. And you still lose. And you still lose. Like, like, look, Austin Reeves is 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 no doubt the third best player on this team. Like, there's there's like D'Lo is nothing. Um, uh, Schroeder is not him. Like, Don't like, tell D'Lo that he's nothing. D'Lo thinks that he's something. <laughs> it's, I, 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 it's it, but like he's easily the third best player on this team right now, and and yeah. what I was saying was you hold LeBron eighty to under sixty points, you're gonna win this win win every single game. 
Quite simple. You held them to 66 points. That's that's above where you wanted that average at. And you throw into the fact of the reason Hachimura dropped 40 combined. That's where the problem is. That's exactly where the problem is. Because look, it wasn't AD, it wasn't LeBron getting it back in the game. It was it, it was LeBron getting the switch on Jamal Murray because you threw Jamal Murray on Austin Reeves. And you said and LeBron, for whatever reason, the Nuggets did not go under the pick, did not do any of that. They just automatically switched on poor Jamal Murray, who was battling an air infection. And LeBron said, okay, you want to come double-team me? I'll just leave Austin Reeves in the corner open for three. He had, I think it was four or five threes, and that obviously crawled themselves back in the game. And and look, there will be defensive adjustments. I, Mike Malone was very, very pissed off with how the defense – and I was too. I think the defense was very lackluster, but in the end, you're up 1-0. And you have a lot of things improvements. Lakers fans realizing – uh, everything went in for them and blah, blah, blah. That little known fact, the Denver Nuggets take some of the highest percentage of basketball shots in the league. You got out-rebounded by 17 points. 12 of those out-rebounded were from the offensive end. Like, like those easy shots, yeah, the high percentages are high. Yeah, Jokic hit a fadeaway three at the end of the third quarter. That was a Hail Mary shot that, that, that sunk you guys, basically. But if you're really going to really going to say, yeah, this high percentage isn't going to keep up, Look at what happens the whole entire playoffs. Like, like it's it's been KCP, it's been Bruce Brown, it's been Michael Porter Jr., it's been Jamal Murray getting all these good shots. Funny, it's funny when Baku Kapazu and Austin Rivers aren't aren't your starting backcourt that you can start to make shots. It's crazy, right? It's it's really yeah. crazy. No, that is, I mean, that's another thing that I heard that it, it was lucky shots, like shots that you were like, oh no 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 yes. But that's I mean that's somehow sometimes that's the way it goes. It could have gone the other way. It, it, we talk about similarly in, in hockey. You hit two posts. Those could have been posted in. It could have been posted out. But you hit two posts. You might have rimmed it around the, the hoop three different times. But if it falls, it falls. You can't take that away from what this team has been able to accomplish. And I do think they're going to figure out a way to get into the paint. I don't. I, I think they wanted to show. It might have been a little bit of a flex, like show we can win from the outside. Because guess what? That's where. It still pains me to say, but Anthony Davis shooting those threes in 2020 killed you. Absolutely killed you. So if you could prove, hey, if you want to play that game, we will go ahead and, and try and go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. There's not a better coach right now that's left in the playoffs, maybe besides Spolstra, at figuring out game-to-game -game adjustments. Absolutely. They're going to be at the shoot-around. They're going to be at the practice. They're going to be on the whiteboard. Michael Malone's going to be like, yeah, no, this is what we got to do. This is I'm how sorry, it's going to work. If they're going to do this drop coverage, if they're going to do that, this is how we're going to attack it. If they're going to switch on this pick, this is how we're going to attack it. And that's the offense, a great offensive mind of Mike Malone. Defensive adjustments, Mike Malone has done a hell of a job all season long. People forget, we were the 27th ranked defense go going into the Christmas Day game. That changed very quickly, obviously, and, and we were a top 10 defense by the end of the year. Those small adjustments throughout the season were huge. You don't think that game-to-game -game adjustments, defense adjustments are going to happen? And I agree. Same thing will happen to Lakers. But what's going to happen when the drop coverage all, all of a sudden gets exposed? You have to throw 15 to 20 different things at the best player in the world to stop him. You think one thing's going to stop him? Lakers fans, this this series will be will be done by, 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 uh, by Monday night in four games. If you think that's all you're going to do to win. Plan simple. Plan simple.
because you do not have the offensive firepower. You do not have the defensive pressure. Um, yeah, you pissed off Jamal Murray, but the man is sick as a dog. He still scored 30 points. So you could say, yeah, we were swimming in Jamal Murray's head. Yeah, our defense was good. No, this is supposed to be the number one defense, I was told, uh, um, going into the West or just the conference finals. And it, and it, and it got 132 points on its head. I expect a much better defensive game in game two. But plain and simple, the Nuggets have shown if you want to play a slow game, you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to beat us in the slow game. And no one is better at winning those 90 to 82 wins than the Denver Nuggets because you play to our pace. You lose 132 to 126. You want to keep it fast paced, Los Angeles. You absolutely want to keep it fast paced. And you're not able to win those fast paced games, you're in trouble. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's how you know we've been friends and, and been doing this show too long. Because I was just about to say the same thing. Like this was, you got the that was the best shot I think because Murray's going to be healthier now. They know okay, the big bad Lakers are coming in and we're gonna for the, if you're watching on YouTube, which everybody should go and do like the video and subscribe. We're gonna play the last time. Well, well not the last time, but from what I remember, we talked about my love of the WWE. It happened to pop up again with this matchup so we'll, we'll have that to to show the people who are watching on youtube and the guys that are, are listening on audio will be able to hear it but that was as pro talk about a, a must win the lakers terrell said it too the lakers always win game one they always get out ahead and they always establish a series lead whether they were home or they were on on the road because they started the first two rounds of the playoffs on the first three rounds of the playoffs now on the road that's why this load management i it's not i don't think it's going to go away it's not going to change but even Charles Barkley, who sometimes I like, sometimes I don't really like, is re just repulsed by this. And I think it's going to play into effect when you have to go to game five. Let, let Think about what these, these Lakers are going to look like at game five going elevation back down to sea level, back to elevation for what's going to be a pivotal game in the series one way or the other. I feel like the Nuggets showed they have a little bit more gas in the tank. They haven't had to grind quite as much they haven't had to put a, put in the minutes and, and waste their big stars they've been able to kind of use their bench so that Jokic who played pretty much almost all of the game except for a, a few minutes here and there last night he's going to be able to go as long as he needs to he's not going to get tired and, and get blown into these two double overtime games he hasn't had to waste himself he's got all of his gas left in this tank for, for the people that say Jokic is the most uh, uh, unathletic um, on, on, on that is the player dumbest argument. I, I, it's really funny when P other teams come into the Mile High City and, and think, oh, yeah, this fat lard over here cannot run me up and down the court. No, he's used to playing in, the, in this altitude. It, it doesn't just not affect him, by the way. Like, like you could say he's unathletic. That's fine. Last time I checked, he had more dunks in game one than LeBron James did, funny enough. So there's a little fun stat line for you. But, yeah, I like, like you could, he, he conditions himself so well in this altitude that, he's, that he can bump bump bodies the whole game and play to his pace where he's where he's gonna slice and dice you plain and simple and look now you're in a situation where the Denver Nuggets are now eight no eight no or sorry is it eight no or is it seven no it's eight no I think maybe it's nine what's what's the home record I think I think it's I think it's Would have been it might be two and three in the first we've, round yeah we've yeah we've played three home games each we're seven no at home sorry yeah. seven no at home this this playoffs Lakers obviously have have not lost at home either so like I said the road road playoff win is going to be the most important one whoever gets that first um, because of, because now the Los Angeles Lakers have to win the game here they have to mm -hmm. you come out and win game two if you're Denver Nuggets they have to win two on your home court for a team that is not lost and look I. I I forgot to talk about this X Factor when we were talking about X Factors with Terrell. 
um, on, on Monday night was when the Denver Nuggets outscored or out-rebound team, Jimmy, they're 9-1. and 9-1. and one. Every single game that they've out-rebounded the opposing team, they've won outside of one game, which was, I believe it was game three against Phoenix, which was only by like one rebound. Nine and one when you out-rebound the opposition. And and if you are able to crash the boards, provide second opportunities, not allow second opportunities for opposing teams, you're going to win a lot of ball games. And that's what Malone is preaching right now. He's like, don't turn the ball over, get the offensive rebounds, go get your own defensive rebounds, and do not allow all, the, all these opportunities to score. So – like I said, these these boys are I, – I, I have all the confidence in the world. I do have all the confidence in the world. I picked Nugs in five. I still stand by it. I, I think that we come in, I still – and look, I would love to send a message game too, plain and simple. Like everyone's thinking that you, you didn't you, – you aren't this hot team. And look, yeah, LeBron's a big bad wolf over there. Yeah, Lakers are a big bad wolf over there. Cause, but they're not burying you. They aren't. Start, start sending messages. You send a message when you whoop Phoenix's ass. You send a message when you whoop Minnie's ass. Now it's time to send a message to on national television. You sent the message on game one that Jokic is the best player in the world. There's zero arguing that. Anyone that wants to argue that with me can, can bark up a tree because your every single valid argument you have right now is dead. It's absolutely dead. Absolutely with what, 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 what he's done in the postseason. So you've, you've, create, you, you've, you've allowed that argument to die. Now let the argument die that you are the fucking front runners. You put a put stomping on them in game two and let the world know, yeah, we aren't playing with. We aren't playing around. Th- this ain't no one-hit wonder. We've been doing this for 82 games. That's why we were the best record in the best conference in the West. That's why we ran through the, the, the Phoenix Suns. That's why we ran through the Minnesota Timberwolves. Show the world who you are. Because like I said, no one's going to respect you until you make them earn your damn respect. Plain yeah. and simple. No one is. Like I said, like I said earlier, three of these four teams have more than three championships. More than three. Three or more. Two of them have the most championships in the NBA's history in the Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Lakers. Miami obviously has a long story history too. And, and you are the only team, like I said, you are the fucking ugly stepchild. Act like it. Act yeah. like it. Don't fucking like, – like, remember that if, – if you remember that Milwaukee and Phoenix series, those two teams acted pissed off being like, no one fucking believes you. Milwaukee, same thing. It's been a, it had been a long time. No one respected Giannis being like, yeah, he's a two-time MVP. When's he going to win the big one? Same exact thing happened. It's your turn now. It is your turn. It's great to see, and I don't like the argument that Jokic isn't athletic because those Euro steps at 275 pounds, his body control that he has, that shows the athleticism. But also, that's what Terrell kept mentioning. He's 275. If you want to bang bodies with him at altitude, you're only going to have like two or three, two or three runs in you, and then you're going to be like, God damn it, this is too much. It's too much. Lakers, Lakers do not have an answer for Nicole Jokic outside of Anthony Davis. They throw Rui Hachimura on him. It's going to be a long day. They, they, they want to try to throw Tristan Thompson out there. It's barbecue chicken alert. I, 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 that's the only matchup defensively. And Anthony Davis is a hell of a defender. I am not denying that. He is a hell of a defender. That's the only. But if you want to, if you want to test Anthony Davis getting in foul trouble. Be my guest. Yeah, and that was he wasn't in foul trouble. I didn't realize that coaches could challenge who they think the foul should be assessed to. That I was something either, that I learned. That was that was very smart, but Mike. I'll it was it was it was third level thinking. The, the, Jamal getting his fifth, Jokic getting his third was was a huge huge point. And and Malone is, is so so smart with, with like I said, no one knows this team better than him, and he, he's yeah. been the perfect gel person and getting these boys ready. Uh, I think it, it's been great. Um, 
Anything else that you want to touch on before we show what everybody thought was going to happen in game one and uh, in the series? Yeah, game two, I expect I expect another win. I, I'm not yeah. I'm not sure coding. I expect another win. You lose, um, then I, I like I said, then you're going to be in trouble. Los Angeles is a very a good home fight, game. Yeah. It's a dog yeah. fight. So go out sending him a message that like he did game two um, against the Phoenix series where everyone's like, ah, oh, it's going to be guaranteed tied up. And you came out and you won a defensive battle. You were down for most of the game. You won a defensive battle game two against Phoenix. Let's do it again. Let's, let's come out, show some firepower, and put it on these guys. That that The team that is not better than you. And don't think that you've already killed this Lakers team. No, they're not they're, in they're the same place that dead. Phoenix was in game six. They're not in the same place that Watch Minnesota was at the end of, this, end of the series. You can get them to that point. If you continue, if you send the message like we've been talking about, you can get them to the point where they're ready and on the verge of getting ready to go one, two, three Cancun. But – up, up, up until then, once if you get a 2-0 lead, then you're in, in the driver's seat. If it's 1-1 going out to L.A., then, yeah, everything switches. The conversation shifts, and we're sitting here talking about, okay, now Michael Malone has to do something to steal a game in Los Angeles, which is going to be a difficult task. But I trust him. I trust the players that they have on the court. Everybody is playing to their role. They're, nobody's upset that they're not getting the ball enough. Nobody's upset that they have to play defense even though they didn't really play all that much. They were attacking the ball. I will give them that. They did not let the Lakers stand there and dribble and, and try and do all these fancy moves and ball handle. They were just – if you're going to sit there with, if you're going to sit there and dribble, I'm going to pu punch at the ball. I might miss and hit you, and, and, yeah, I'll draw a foul. That's fine. The Lakers were into the bonus at the beginning, like midway through the fourth quarter. I'm aware of that, Jimmy, and that's where the fouls come into play. And look, what 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 I say, like, like your buddy Tim thought I was complaining already and, and making excuses when I said that you're playing the referees too, but it's a fact. It's a fact, plain and simple. You lost the free throw battle 26 to 22, and that's where you need to keep it at. Plain and simple. You do not want to be in a scenario where it's 40 to 10. You keep it at 20, 20, 20 to 20, somewhere around there, around that free throw range. You're probably going to lose every single night. But I believe there was like 12 to 14 free throws for the Lakers in that fourth quarter. And and, and like I said, Adam Silver is going to make those calls in and be like, hey, get, get a close game. I know that the Nuggets are good, but keep it a close game here. And they'll get, and those referees will get will get that um, will get those fourth quarter fouls for them. Plain and simple. That's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. And I'm not and I'm not making excuses. I'm just stating facts. That's what the Lakers, since I've been born, I've gotten those type of calls every single fucking playoff game they play in. And, and right now, the Denver Nuggets are good enough to fucking withstand that. And we need to keep that and not make that a storyline um, going to game two, three, four, and however long we go. I agree. Uh, we're going to give you a little throwback Thursday since that's the day that you guys are listening to this. If you're a big WWE fan, you might recognize one Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get into this and then we'll we'll talk about the Eastern Conference Finals since that game is is it wrapped up yet or is it close? It's uh, the last few minutes because we can talk about uh, the other what happened going up to that because uh, our good old friend over there is uh, is already out of the playoffs. Uh, that fun Ooh. little city in Philadelphia we haven't talked about, so we can we can let that game end. Yeah. All right. So blast from the past. Hope you guys enjoy. Be sure to check out the YouTube and we'll be posting this clip on our socials as well. But here's a little blast from the past. On your feet. Time to greet your Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, and Kennedy. John Cena exploding into the ring. The Conquer Virgil. John Cena erupting in this main event tonight. In stereo. Playmaker. 
on your obviously Vince McMahon and uh Adam Silver think a lot alike because if if he could he would have stacked the Lakers team like that. Batista and John Cena, especially in 2009 on the same tag team, that was stupid. And, and to put context into that, that was 2009, obviously, with Mel, with the Thuggets versus the Lakers in the conference finals. And the reason why they did that was because Vince McMahon was so pissed off at Denver and the Cronkies and Ball Arena that, uh, that, that, that they scheduled a conference final game the exact same day and Monday Night Raw was supposed to hear and be here in Denver. The exact same day. So instead, they they took that show to California, and and look, John Cena, who was a big time Lakers fan, he was. I remember specifically him at that series. He was here in Denver. I remember he came to Denver and he was wearing Lakers stuff too. And that's and I was like, fuck, I really liked you, and then you really did this to me. So so and that's why he squashed that those guys way back when. So and and look, that that caused a, a ripple effect where WWE didn't come back to Denver, I believe, until it was 2013, 2014. It was a five year hiatus because of how pissed off Vince McMahon was at the city of Denver uh, for doing that. So yeah, the, I I remember that specifically being like. Really, like, like, like I, I looked at the people who are on both teams, and it's funny now because obviously Cody yeah. Rhodes is a, is a dog, big show, obviously Hall of Famer, and all that. But it's just, it's just funny looking back. And I was like, really, you're that fucking petty? Like, come on, like, like, Did like you, you didn't have, you didn't have to put them in fucking jerseys and just have them yeah. whoop the shit out of our guys. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, did you see also Jerry the King Lawler was on the Lakers team too? There's yeah. he, he, everybody knew what was going to happen in that match. Yet people still watched. I was one of those people. I, I am including myself in the people that watched that live. Um, I just thought it was funny that that's what popped up on my Instagram feed this week with the, the Lakers Nuggets matchup happening again. Let's change gears into the Eastern Conference, a series that we haven't really talked about, uh, a couple series that we haven't really talked about. Miami does knock out. New York, they push it to six. They won 4-2. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. The Celtics re reawoke and Doc Rivers is fired. No. Series lead. No. So we have the, the Heat and the Celtics in the conference finals, but let's I know you want to back up and and you know talk about this league this MVP. Is, let's talk Olympic. about the the MVP, Jimmy. Let's let's talk about the 14 point minus 27 in game seven. MVP. He can't do it all himself, Nico. He can't do it he all can't. himself, though. Yeah. I, 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 oh man, I, I, I had a field day. Is all I'm gonna say. Is, is look, Philly blew out Boston in Game Five in Boston, which I thought, oh, Philly may actually get over the hump. Uh, and then Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, and, and James Harden happened. Like it's it, it's comedic. It's like clockwork, Philly. Like it really is. Like if you're a Philadelphia fan, I don't know why the fuck you still listen to our show. I'm not shit, I give you. Maybe it's because Jimmy has a Rocky poster in his back. That's the only reason why. But but we, it is hilarious. It's so funny that that you thought that that this guy was all world. You really like like it, he is the worst MVP of the last five remaining MVPs. It's not even close, right? Jokic is better, Giannis is better, uh, James Harden is better, and I'd argue Russell Westbrook's season is better. You gave him a pity award. Congrats, Philadelphia. Like I said, throw yourself a parade. Throw yourself a parade because it's like I throw into fruition because the world is realizing, oh, yeah, there, there wasn't really a conversation. Like this is this is undoubtedly the best player in the world. Like it's 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 funny now. Like it, it really is funny. And and dropping fourteen points minus twenty seven and being like, yeah, I James and I can't do it all ourselves. It's very funny. It's very funny. Very funny. And, and look, I I am one of the Doc Rivers' biggest critics. 
He did not. It was not his fault. It was not his fault. No. It was not his fault at all. So, so you don't you, expect your two, the two former MVPs that you have in your lineup to pull that. That wouldn't have lasted in a high school game. It, like, it's so funny, Jimmy. I just laugh, and you get embarrassed by thirty-two. Like, like, like I was, oh, I was, I was having so much fun, and I, I enjoyed that game so thoroughly. And look, I hate Boston. I really don't like Boston, and, and you, you don't like Boston either. But I hate Phillips. I hate this. I hate Sixers, and I hate Embiid more. It, it's just, it's just poetry. It's, it's. It, look, us Endeavor knew what was going to happen. The national media is finally waking up to realizing, like, oh. We got. We didn't want to give him a third because he's not all world. But oh wait, yeah, he is all world. Um, people are forgetting. Yeah, he's going to be an all time great. And and it's just, and Joel Embiid is going to be like ah, oh, they give him that MVP. This is this is a Steve Nash 2005 MVP with Kobe going off type of MVP yeah. that they're giving out. So and look, Philadelphia the, that the new CBA that came out being like oh, for you to be to winning awards, you have to win X amount of games. Joel Embiid will never win MVP again. So let's let's give him a hand, Jimmy. Let's give him a hand. Give him a hand. They won. They won something this year. They won something. They, they finally won something. That that, that, that that beautiful city finally won something, Jimmy. And James Harden is going to be one step already foot in Cancun and on his way to Houston. So now Joel Embiid is going to have to beg Daryl Morey to get Damian Lillard or the Sixers will still be processing for the 12th straight year. Yeah, I just, that's... I just, I just love. I can't have, can't, can't hate to have a smile on my face because, because I was told that January game was, 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 was the, was that, was the back that broke, like that. That's the conversation ending there. That game in January. We're in May seventeenth. Of the Sixers yes. still playing, yeah. Jimmy? I'm not sure. I, 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 when's their next game? I feel like they are. are they they uh, have to be. Yeah. They're scheduled again, right? Because they won the, they won the oh, NBA championship when they beat us in January. I think summer league starts in June. There we go, or or end of July. They're not maybe. winning summer. They'll make uh, it to the championship oh, of summer yeah. league and lose because that's summer, yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. they have they're real. Maybe, they're maybe realizing they're, some of this karma. Maybe they'll put you well on that team to to make them feel like they have something and, and they can they can win against a bunch of rookies. Maybe they'll throw you well to get some better, more working because it looks like he needs it. Um, Fifteen points minus twenty seven. That's oof, that's that's. I mean that's that's your MVP, ladies and gentlemen. That's your MVP. That's not my MVP, but that's your MVP, ladies and gentlemen. It's the guy you voted. Yeah. It's incredible because Jokic was not this player when he was drafted. There was a reason why there was a Quesarito commercial. He put in a lot of extra work and a lot of extra time. And the dude has not, other than a few freak things, has not been injured, has not missed games. When he's available, he plays. And that's – I love that. That's why I love Jokic the way that I do. And Embiid is hurt all the time. It looks like he doesn't work out at all. He's like a 70s football player where in the offseason he gets 400 pounds, he's fat as fuck, he's smoking cigarettes and and doing whatever else. Now, obviously, I don't know if that's Joel Embiid. He just looks like he doesn't do it. He looks like he does the same summer routine that I do. And if I was in Philadelphia's shoes, where this is now the fourth straight year that I've been eliminated in the the second round and all of this other bullshit, playing in that city right now is hell because you just, you know, like the Phillies, the Eagles, the MLS club that I don't even know the name of, Rocky in the first fight, they they all, they just, I just want to show them I could go to distance. You can't go to this. you, You don't go to the distance. You don't. You look like Rocky versus Clubber Lang. Right now, in the first fight, not the second one, the first one where he was fat and slow and got his ass knocked out. 
kicked around. All that shit. So it's just like yeah. they have to I, figure I, I, out if I was, if I was the Sixers, I would put and beat on a mandatory workout regimen over the summer. You cannot yeah. get over 300 pounds. And you you have you have to get on diet. You have to be able to maintain, keep you on the floor because Philadelphia is going to hurt from you. And look, your best player next year is going to be Tyrese Maxey when James Harden leaves you for Houston. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's, it's like is, people. It's like people don't want to play with a guy that ball hogs constantly and wants to play ISO ball to win a ball game. <laughs> James Harden, cough cough, Joel Embiid. Like it's funny. It really is. Like I said, I was told by all these Philly guys that that that, that you, you, your your team is so better. This is your chance to win it all. Blah blah. blah. And, and like I said, your Super Bowl was January 18th or whatever it was. Um, that was your Super Bowl. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You want you want a January game? Raise that banner. Raise that banner, ladies and gentlemen. Raise that banner, Philly. Raise that banner. Become the Nashville of the NBA, please. Please become the Nashville of the NBA. That's what I want. Um, and then on the other side, we talked. We said the Knicks were dead. Were dead when yeah. Julius ran. Talk about another guy who needs to be on a workout regimen over the summer because he's, he's, he's a first-rate train out of New York. That poor man does. That poor man is done with New York. I would. John I would be too. But done with New York. He didn't do himself any fa- – these guys don't do themselves any favors. I just listened to the Barkley interview on Chicklets, so he's going to be who I keep coming back to. But he said he had guys around him when he was young and 300 pounds. Like, you're fat, you're lazy, you're not playing until you get down to 265. Something like that has to be implemented. If I was a Philly fan, I would be – instead of climbing the poles and pissing off your police department for celebrating bullshit – how about we stand on the table and actually tell Joel Embiid, you can't, you have to work this summer. There is no off season. If you want an off season, then we're going to continue to get the same product that we've gotten the last however many. We're still going to be processing and New York will still be a mid franchise. Like I said, in our lifetimes, Jimmy mid franchise, like, like, like the Knicks have been nothing people under the age of, I want to say 30 Knicks have been nothing, literally nothing. Literally nothing. Our entire lives. There's no. There's no stigma. It's. There's only stigma that that is around that franchise is the building that they play in. That's the only thing that we that we recognize as as history. And the Knicks right now still nothing. Absolutely nothing. Congrats. You got past Cleveland, who was not obviously ready for the spotlight, but the Miami Heat definitely were. <laughs> yeah, and the Heat continue to do so because uh, I guess that's a good way to to get into the first round first game of the Eastern Conference Finals ends 123-116 in the favor of the Heat. So the eight-seed Heat are now leading the number one-seeded Boston Celtics, one nothing in that series, and did it in a comeback fashion because the Celtics were winning this game, and they did have a lot of opportunities to try and put this away. I've been seeing a lot of different stories about Jimmy Butler, and that is a guy that if he wasn't – if he could, I would like to put put him on the Nuggets. That would be another guy, just that mentality – it was the story. I think it was when they were in wherever he was playing with Carl Anthony Towns. It was Minnesota. Minnesota. They were playing. They were doing a summer scrimmage. And oh, he was yeah. dry, in the middle of a contract holdout. And he didn't practice. They showed up for the scrimmage. And he didn't even score. He was just stealing the ball from everybody that they thought. He played with all the scrubs and the second and third teamers and still dominated. The, sto- the story goes that, that he, when he was in Minnesota, they, they had, it was the middle. It was like – first month of the season and and he, he wanted to get traded so badly he was so done and um he said put me with the fucking last guys in the match not the role not the bench players the guys that don't get any minutes and he and he, he i'm pretty sure he what we call a pickle 
And pickleball, it's called pickle. When you beat a team 12 to zero and beat the starters that badly. So, and, and, and that started a whole ripple effect of him getting traded to Philly and him leaving Philadelphia to Miami. And it was one thing after another. Uh, um, but yeah, look, Jimmy Butler, I, I'll say it, he's the second best player left in the playoffs. It's not even a question. Like, like he is the second best player left in the playoffs. I know our, and, and some will argue first, but he, he's definitely in the conversation. Um, he's been that good. Like, he's been that good. Boston is a very, very, very good ball club. Don't get me wrong. But Boston fucking has more mental mistakes than Philadelphia. Like, like, they are Their not coaching mentally isn't ready. Solid. They, 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 like them, every single team that the Miami Heat have faced are just not mentally strong at all. Like Milwaukee, obviously, with Boonholzer, like, and without Giannis, they, can, they beat them very easily. New York, not mentally strong. The, the Sixers, I thought they would have beat them in five games. The Boston Celtics, now with a 1-0 lead, the Heat are in the driver's seat. They absolutely mm-hmm. are. They took care of what they needed to do. Because right now, look, nothing. there's nothing uh, There's nothing more that Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra take into account into a series than game-by-game basis. Like, they do it better than anybody. I'd be like, you know what, that's that's one game. If we get two, that'd be nice. But let's go home, back home, and, get, and secure home court and finish as a five or six. That's that's the thought process right now. You took care of business where you should be, um, and, and let's get to the next point after that. So, and look, Jimmy Butler has been all world. He's been absolutely all world. It's been a one man wrecking crew. It really has been. Bam Adebayo been good. Max Drew's been good. Um, Kyle Lowry obviously has that championship pedigree, which helps. He's been very good. Um, but like I said, I, I expected a seven game series. I still think this this series will be a seven game series. Um, but Boston right now, look, look. I, I would love a Miami versus Denver finals. Okay, uh, I I would very 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 much like a Miami versus Denver NBA finals. Um, and knocking on wood that we get to that point uh, because there's gonna be some friends that 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 that, that there's gonna be some friends here that will be on the show that that we'll be able to talk some shit with. But yeah, yeah, Miami is a problem, Jimmy. Miami is absolutely a problem. And look, this and to the common basketball player mind. This may be a surprise, but to me, it's not. Once I saw, look, Miami is always a tough out in the playoffs. They always are. Doesn't matter who the hell they're playing or who's on the team. Um, Spolstra, Pat Riley, and company do a hell of a job coaching circles around the opposition and just taking it a game by game basis, being like, yeah, we're better than you and we're mentally stronger than you and we're going to beat you where it hurts. I. They are. That heat culture is real. And Jimmy Butler embodies the heat culture. I. He, it's the same same thing we saw in the bubble. It's eerily similar where he's just playing his guts out and leaving it all playing with a sprained ankle. doesn't matter. He just wants to, he wants to win. He wants to be a winner more than anything else in the world. The That's heat, all he cares about. The heat and the nuggets are the two teams that, that find guys that fit the mold perfectly to the teams, right? Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Christian Brown fit the mold for Denver's person. I perfectly Miami, Getting Jimmy Butler, getting Kyle Lowry, getting Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, getting Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, all guys that probably would be very good role players on a lot of teams, but they're stars in the making. Plain simple because of the because of how what team they're on. Plain simple. Mm-hmm. I I think that they're. I'm expecting to probably have to play to see them in the NBA Finals. I'm not saying that we have to play them because yep, I'm not going to do that. Really too, but. Man, There's, it's really early for both series, but the teams that won, won because they played the game that they wanted to play and didn't allow the other team, other team stars to a take over, and they didn't allow the other team to set their systems in place. They made them you know, play the game that they wanted to play, and the good teams, the really solid teams, 
they they just know how to do that. We talked about it with the Avalanche last year, and I, I see the same thing with the Nuggets, being able to win defensive battles and being able to go out and score 132 points. I thought 220 for the over-under of game one was ridiculous. Nope, should have hit it. I should have hit it. I should have. Me. Solamente, solamente me. Yes, I should have. Should have. But I did it. You guys should be listening. You, you guys should be listening to us and being smarter than us. But no, this is, you know, this this playoffs have, have been great for the NBA. And hopefully they continue to be as competitive as they have been up until this point. Because the NBA kind of needed it. Oh, they absolutely needed it. And a Miami versus Denver finals may cause dramatic, uh, dramatic changes to the landscape of basketball, is all I'm going to say. Uh, before we move on to hockey, there is one other breaking news that came out of the NBA. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs won the Wembenyama sweepstakes, getting the number one pick. Uh, it looks like Popovich will probably coach till he's 105 years old. And and he and and look, the San Antonio Spurs obviously have that great that great repertoire with international players: Tony Parker, Mon Ginobili, obviously Wembenyama, um, the seven foot five freak of nature that people are calling the next Kevin Durant, um, with that long that that long length. Pause on that. Um, he gets to go to the Spurs more than likely. And I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't go to Spurs because of those French ties with Tony Parker, obviously. And like I said, it's it, it's I put it on the scale of the Blackhawks getting Bedard of, of the Spurs getting the Spurs getting Webanyama. Because Webanyama, although he may not be as all-world as Bedard, he is the best talent we've seen come out of um, come out of the Europeans, especially in a long time. So so he could be that next unicorn of sorts. Um, yeah. And look, and look, the Spurs obviously championship pedigree, same with the Blackhawks. It's unfortunate that the rich get get, get richer, and they tanked at the perfect time again. <laughs> it's they tanked at the perfect time for Tim Duncan. They tanked yeah. at the perfect yeah. time. They tanked at the ter- perfect time of seeing for Wembenyama. Um, but look, I I have nothing but love for Pop. And, and and look, yeah, the Spurs, the Spurs. I don't have as much of a hatred as I do for the Blackhawks. But I think it is cool that that he went to a great spot. If he goes to Detroit, he's going to get fucking washed. He goes to Houston, he's going to get washed. If he goes to Charlotte, that's even worse. Like San Antonio was the perfect spot for him to go. And then winning the lottery, um, the Spurs basketball, we could be talking about them in a couple of years, being back in the playoffs. And that's only like three years without making the playoffs. How wild is that? Talk about success, right? I mean, man, the rich just get richer. They are impressive. And the thing about these European players, too, is that they've been professionals for a long time. They're not college athletes. They don't have to worry about anything else. Um, so he's hopefully been professional since he's 14 years old, I'm pretty sure. Like he's been playing professional ball since 14 years old, Wembenyama, yeah, and in, in, in France. So that's just all you need to know. I just have the the scene from the longest yard when he's playing ping pong with the great Kali. He's like, Yeah, think back to when you were a kid, 10 feet, six inches ago, because not only do they – they're doing the same thing that Kevin Durant did where they said Kevin Durant was 6'11 coming out. He's not 7 foot. Why would you say he's 7 foot? Wimbignana's not 7'5". He's more like 7'6", possibly going to grow to 7'7", seven, seven, but he's 7'3". He's God, quit giving him the extra two inches. That's the only place that you're ever going to hear a man say, don't give me those extra two inches. I'm, I'm good here. I'm perfectly a- happy with what I got. Pause. 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 Definitely a big pause on that. Yeah, very – Seven foot of pause. Um, no, I think I, I heard about the, the lottery too. Doesn't look like it was as rigged as the uh, no, NHL one was. No, no, not at all. And look, San Antonio had a second best odds, which is 
obviously a lot different. I think Blackhawks had eighth best odds or something stupid like that. Um, so it's a lot different. So Spurs one of the were one of the worst teams in basketball this year. Um, but look, the Spurs are a place where if you're if you're a Damian Lillard type, if you're a um, I don't know, you, insert name here of young guard. Why would you not consider going to San Antonio? San Antonio, yeah. you have one of the best coaches of all time, in my opinion, the best coach of all time, Greg Popovich. And then you have obviously this unicorn that will be on your team. Like San Antonio, all of a sudden, they're going to be right back in the thick of things. The West will just get that much better. Teams like Minnesota, teams like Utah, teams like Oklahoma City, better be on watch out because if they were if they were able to get Wembenyama, we could be talking about them. But the the Spurs in that repertoire, they're going to be right back in, right back to where, where, where they were in the in the 2000s, 2010s especially. Um, I, I, it may take a while to get back to the NBA Finals, but like I said, they have the mold, and, and no one molds their players better than Popovich. Popovich purposely tanked this year, and it worked out. When Popovich wants to coach, the Spurs will be in the playing year every year and year out at minimum. It doesn't matter who the hell's on the team. I guarantee it. I'll go on record saying this right now. The Spurs will be a playing team next year. Like That's weird to say that they're the second worst team in the NBA, but I think they'll be a top 10 team in the West. Uh, I, like Wemiyama, he may not be the guy, but Spotovich will put them in a position to be contending for a playing spot. Guaranteed. A lot of people said that the Spurs were going to be his perfect place to land, and it, it's po- like we said, yeah, it's perfect. poetic. That's what happened. Um Tony Parker is is gritting from ear to ear right now, and and seeing that his French boy that he that he mentored growing up is going to be with the team that he won a lot of championships with. It's good for France being aggressive for once. That's a good thing. Never happened before. It hasn't happened since the eighteen hundreds. But hey, you got to start sometime. Got to be aggressive and, and fight for what you need at some point. So, I think it'll be cool. He's gonna put another face the international scene between uh, Luca. Jokic, even Embiid, but just these guys. Giannis, I mean, you got a list of guys. Like yeah. the, the international game is just so so high level right now, and it's a kudos to how much the NBA has grown the game uh, from like, yeah. like in the 2000s, starting to playing games overseas and, and doing all these different things against European teams has made such a big impact. I think the dream team effect still lingering a little bit too. Just, Absolutely. That was the craziest time. And that's when the NBA kind of took off. It was baseball and football up until that point as the number one and number two sports in, in the U S and now it, I can. It's so handily number two, the basketball. It's not even yes. close. Oh yeah. Because the hockey, which is now a good transition. Why would ESPN pay for an NHL package? If they're going to start, Connor McDavid, who, if you're going to try and grow the game in, into a bigger audience, why wouldn't you want him playing at like 1 or 2 o'clock on a Sunday? No, let's have him play at 11.30. 11. I, I, think it was, I think it was 10.30 Eastern, but 8.30. Yes. Yeah, 8.30. But it, like, they, it, it, it's still. They, still. Pu- they pushed it for a fucking Sunday night baseball game. That was 7-1 to one in the ninth inning, Jimmy. Like, like, like the, the game was out of reach. The Boston Red Sox and Tampa Bay Rays. Like, 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 you want to put the sport on the map? Fucking figure it out. Like, this is this is what we had grabs with NBC, right? Like, like, there was there was fucking not enough hockey coverage, and finally switching to sailboats in the middle of a playoff game. Middle of a playoff game, and now the NBA. Look, 
Baseball is not the fucking sport right now. It isn't. No one gives a fuck. And and look, baseball, yeah. baseball is has been a dying sport, unfortunately. I know you're a baseball guy too, and a lot of the people that listen to us are baseball guys. Baseball is the dying sport out of the four major sports. Hockey's only up. Basketball obviously is has surpassed it way far and away. And football is obviously on a different pedestal. And and right now you're 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 the only the only thing you got going for you right now is that you have a history. No one else gives a fuck. Like no one else gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck about a Sunday night baseball game seven to one. Fucking uh, um, watching Rafael Devers and the Boston Red Sox play Randy Rosarena and and Tampa Rays in a seven to one ball game because it's Boston, right? Because it's Boston. That no one cares. You have the two best players. This like look, look put this put this put this in perspective, right? This is Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the same team in hockey style. And yes, the Angels mm-hmm. suck. And, and, and how they don't know aren't good with those two players is crazy to me. But it's the same thing with the Oilers. This is a yeah, it's a small market, but it's a game six, a do or die game with the best player in the world. How do you grow the game like that? You don't. You and don't. at that point, they were the only Canadian team left that was able to break the curse. The only Canadian team left, and like the only game in town, fucking basketball game was on one thirty in the afternoon. Yep. The game ended at four o'clock on Mother's Day. Like, 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 look, like, I, I just, it's just like, like I said, for two guys, obviously I don't watch a fucking lick of baseball unless it matters, unless I'm at the game. And for you that obviously grew up playing the game and, and watch it a little bit more than me, but not much. Like, I'm just, I'm just blown away that, that the, that the, that, that the, what, what the national media does to the sport, because it is one of the most entertaining games in the world and, and, and probably the best live experience at a, at a professional game. Like, like there, there is nothing that matches the level of hockey. And like I said, you have opportunities, you have big time opportunities to put these guys on the map and you just don't. These are some of the most skilled players in their sport that we've ever seen all across the NHL. That's the crazy thing. And Connor Bedard being added into the mix next year, that will even push it further. But I can't tell you how many old NHL guys that I've, I've watched and listened to, they couldn't play in this league. They weren't, they're not fast enough. They don't know how to score. They're not aggressive like the way the game has been playing. And playoff hockey, for one thing, playoff, I, I get that Sunday Night Baseball is big ratings because there's a lot of old fuddy-duddies that still have just a basic cable package so they go to channel 34 on sunday night and they watch baseball but you can't tell me espn is the king of sports marketing they're the king of sports media it's them they're it you can't you can't figure out they know how they just don't give a shit that's the that's the most upsetting thing if anyone knows how to grow a game that needs it like hockey and make it more accessible for everyone, and people are want to get invested, ESPN should know how to do it. They do. They just won't. They, it's almost like they refuse. Your mic's up. Your mic is up. They, they've done a way better job than what NBC did. There's no doubt about that. And, and But at the same time, there's still a lot, long ways to go. TNT obviously has done a hell of a job. I think – TNT has has been the mold for what NBA talk show should be, and 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 they've molded that into a hockey hockey uh, hockey channel that's been perfect for the game, perfect for the game. TNT hockey uh, um, games on TNT for for the NHL playoffs have been outstanding numbers. ESPN still listening to fucking and look, I have nothing against women announcing sporting events. I think Doris Burke does a hell of a job. I think um, um, Katie Wingy here in Denver does a great job. Leah Hextel has got to be the worst person I've ever listened uh, ever listened to on a, on a hockey call, and she consistently gets games in, game in and game out. Like, There's a reason why people listen to their local local shows because 
you don't put in the right people. Put people that are mindful. Put people that have their own Doc Emmerich style um, and, and build off it. Because like I said, watching that game, I think it was game one for New Jersey – or not New Jersey, uh, Florida. and Or maybe it was game one. Or game one – or game seven for Dallas and Seattle. Watching that game – Bucci Gross, I love his Bucci overtime challenge. I love all that, the different things he grows the game, but fuck, he is boring as shit to listen to. Like, it was like, what the hell am I listening to? Give me some energy. Give me something. Yeah. This is game fucking seven. Like, I'm a, falling asleep listening to this shit. Like, come on now. Like, like it's a, bad. As a play-by-play guy in, in, in the NHL, that's you couldn't have been put in a better situation. If you understand the game and what you're trying to look at, you know the rules, it's constant motion. You should be and there's a lot of there's just so many opportunities to get invested and here's the other thing too tnt tried to swap one of their games with espn so that they can get that game played earlier and in front of more people and then espn gets indignant they don't want to do anything but they're not going to play ball with anybody else because they just assume like oh it's we're, we're espn they'll, they'll watch the brand i can't i haven't looked up the ratings i i guess i could do that and here in a second and get those ratings for that, that game seven, but there couldn't have been what they were expecting. And like we said, those are the two best players that you can watch in the NHL right now. The two most skilled. Yeah. That that game six over the the game six wasn't, wasn't a game seven, but for the Edmonton, but yeah, I like, it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It really is like, like for a sport that we talk with other shows that, Hockey is their third sport to talk about. Like it really is, and and you and I, it, it's it's and obviously it, it sometimes is our third sport too, but we talk about it nearly as much as basketball. Obviously, we talk about basketball more when our team's in it. But there there were times last year where we didn't talk a lick of the NBA playoffs. There was all Stanley Cup playoffs. Right now, it's obviously flip flop because one of our teams is doing as good as the other team did last year. But like like this should be a front and center conversation. This sport is is it's it's not just some. Sp- some sport that 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 people with no skill play anymore. It is one of the highest the the, the sport that with, with the most skill of all the four major sports, and these guys are bigger, faster, and stronger than most of those guys you play see other sports outside maybe football. I think that they're the best conditioned athletes just because uh, of the way that they have to move, the speed that they have to play at, and then also still be in good enough shape to to take hits. There were half a million less viewers. So game the game Saturday between the Kraken and the Stars pulled the 2.05 million viewers. The game Sunday wasn't terrible, wasn't as bad as I was expecting. 1.65, 1.65 million for the game Sunday, which could have been upwards of four to five because at that point you're you're right. The NBA game ended at four o'clock, which would have been six o'clock Eastern. You can't tell me people were still out there celebrating Mother's Day. They probably ordered something or There's went out to dinner and they were back. They were home, yeah. They, yeah, they were probably back in the house. They could have had something on. Could have been you. And if you had a problem with it with, with, and you and you wanted to put it so late, put the game on fucking Monday. Like, like mm-hmm. if, 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 that's, if that's what you're so worried about is that interfering with a fucking middle of May baseball game, then put the game on a damn Monday. God, it's not that difficult. There's, no, there's nothing on Monday. I don't there wasn't. Yeah, no, Monday was game one of, of, of game one. Uh, no, no, Tuesday was game Tuesday one. Tuesday was game one. Yeah, there was, there was no, nothing there was, Monday. There's there no, no basketball at all game Monday. Like, like, you could have been the front and center of Monday night if you really wanted to keep that baseball game so much. Like, I I, I don't know. I just It's just asinine. The, it, all the answers are there. It's just a matter of now convincing ESPN that they're not – you're not untouchable. You, ha- you do have to put in some effort. It seems that it's – and they haven't even been in the relationship for very long, but it's like when you're in a relationship and you get to the comfort comfort zone and you're no longer putting in 
the effort. You're just like, oh, they love me. They'll stick around. Yeah, they might. They might love you. They might stick around for a little bit longer, but this is not a good long-term investment. And the money that you're spending on the, the damn rights, you might as well use it. I know that you have money to burn. You're going to make it all back in the NFL season. I, it it blows my mind. It blows as, my mind that people yeah, with I, that much money and power just can make the decision. Yeah. And like I said, I don't even mean to keep beating a dead horse here, but like I said, uh, there's there's lots of ways that the video you know, hockey can still grow, and it's just and it's just not happening. Yeah, I, I think we're in a good spot. Let's talk about because these series haven't started yet. The games will be playing on Thursday when people are listening to this. So we have the Eastern Conference Final of Carolina and Florida, and then the Western Conference Dallas versus Vegas. So you have the one versus two in the West. You have the one versus the last team to make it into the playoffs in the East. But we, we've given them their flowers in the last two rounds. Um, we, we, I think we've touched on Toronto. They're, it's pretty much it, – it's the same thing that we have to say. You listen to the show last year where they got eliminated. It's the same, same topics. They're not physical. They're not aggressive. They don't fight for the pucks in the corners. And the teams that they play do. And Florida – Florida's defense and the way that they forecheck, the aggressiveness at which they play, they're the eighth seed and they, they're playing like it. They shouldn't be here. Everybody well, yeah, knows they that. Aren't playing like it. Yeah, they're not playing like the eighth seed. Like they're playing like they were the Con Smythe, or not the Con Smythe, the, the President's Trophy winners last year. That's what they're playing like. They, 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 they've been on absolute buzzsaw. And like I said, Carolina is a very good home team. And it, it looks like they may have figured it out finally offensively. It looks like that. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I think the best goaltender so far in the playoffs. Ben Bobrovsky, I really, I really yeah. am I'm standing on that. He has been excellent for Florida, excellent for Florida, and he is a guy who they drafted guys, they drafted Spencer Knight to, to replace him. They draft, they they signed a free agent. I forgot who the other goal Lions. was. Lions, Lions to be the guy for the most of the season, and they started him game one, I believe, of the postseason. Like, like I think he's he's hurt now, and Bobrovsky had to step back in. And he, he has been absolutely incredible for them. And, and like I said, a, t- a deep team with a lot of great um, young players to go along with the, the stars that you add in Matthew Kachuk and company. Um, Florida, Florida, Florida right now, look, they have a chance to have two teams that were the last team and the last seed in the playoffs get to the, get to the finals in the Heat and the Florida Panthers. How wild is that, right? And, and like, I'm going to be honest with you, preview, uh, um, I'm, I'm probably going to pick Florida here. I really, I, I think that, that the Kaniacs aren't necessarily ready. I think that Florida has all the juice that they had last year during the regular season now translated to the postseason. I give Florida a lot of credit, and I like their coaching and Paul Maurice. I'm going to be on the other side of you with Carolina because similar reasons. Rod Brindamore, if they if he ends up winning it, if they win the cup this year, Rod Brindamore is getting a statue at whatever they call their their arena because he did it in a similar fashion as a player. I think he was either a captain or assistant captain, captain now. and now he's doing it as the coach, and he's doing it with no superstars, none whatsoever. Power. You can maybe argue Sebastian Ajo at some points. You were going to have Max Pacioretty. We've talked about that at nauseum this season where it sucks coming back from an Achilles and you pop your other Achilles. That's just – it's bad luck. And it, it it's almost time where you have to consider, you know, is, is the career still going to be there? Is it still worth trying to come back and, and do this for another 12 months? But they their defense, the way that they play is a total team game. There is nobody that stands out. But you're always going to have a battle in the corner. You're always going to – it's no easy task trying to get in and get close to their goaltender. Swayman or whoever else that they want to throw out there, Ranta, 
you're not going to get a whole lot of really good chances. You have to take advantage of the ones that you do. And that's, those are the games that Carolina has lost so far in this postseason when the teams are able to take advantage, get the puck close and get it elevated over the goaltender. But in the last round and a half, that has not happened. Yeah. Except for one game. Obviously, Slam is the Boston guy, but Ranta has been the guy. And, and uh, Anderson is what I was. Fred, yeah, Freddie Anderson is the other guy they've, they've been running with too. And like I said, th- their lives have been very easy. Like we, we cannot say enough good things about that defense with Slavin and obviously Brent Burns back there for 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 the Hurricanes. That's how that's how they build their mold as ground and pound. We're going to try to beat you one zero, two to one. Those close games. We're not going to we're not going to beat you six to five. It's not how Carolina plays. So, and and they've they've built that they build that um that repertoire for them very very well with with the guys around them. I still don't mm-hmm. think that they have the offensive firepower. I may be wrong. Uh, I'd love to see to be proven differently. But like I said, this is look look. These are two teams that when you talk about the Eastern Conference about who who's probably going to go to the Stanley Cup final, these two teams are in competition. They weren't. It was Boston. It was it was Toronto. Possibly it was. It was um, the likes of Tampa Bay. It was New York. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying out of the East. For the out east. Of the east. Yeah. Out of the East. Out of the East. No one was talking about Carolina. No one was talking about Florida for that matter. Yeah. I honestly, when they gave up those, uh, the game that they lost against the Devils, I thought that was going to be a turning point for New Jersey. But it's that calming. They don't ever panic. They're just always going to play the, the same system, the same style, whether they're getting beat 7-0 or whether they're winning 1-0. That's just – you know exactly the, the game plan and the style that Brenda Moore is going to put out there, and they just put everything on net. So the goaltender never gets a chance to – they're not dumping it into the corner. Brent Burns is normally dumping it from the red line somewhere near the goaltender where he's got to be on his toes. And if you get a good forecheck out of somebody on that dump – good things happen. They've had so many pucks where it's bouncing over somebody else's stick. It settles at the perfect spot and the goaltender doesn't even have a chance to, to see it and get over to that side. So I, I have a lot of faith in the hurricanes, but this is the first time that they've made it past the second round in forever <laughs> that they're playing for the chance to go to the, that, that was the thing that we had to learn last year too. You win the second round, you're only halfway there. No, There's yeah, still <laughs> possibly 16 more games that you four, 14 more games. I know math. I don't teach it, but I know math. 14 more games that you could possibly play, and it's going to take everything. It, I think that's what the, the Toronto Maple Leafs had to learn the hard way is that it doesn't get easier when you win the first round. It only gets harder. It only gets more intense. It only gets more competitive. I I think that it's good, and I think it's good for the game too with all of these teams that are left. None of them are from a, a big hockey market in a cold, no. cold area. These are all – teams that have been in recent memory and are in the Sun Belt and, and could possibly bring the, the game to more people down in that southern absolutely. southern part of the U.S. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Let's talk about the Western Conference. This is the matchup that I was dreading. I don't even know if I wanted Edmonton to win. I kind of wanted the Kraken to, to go on and, and upset the Stars. And it would have been cool to see two expansion teams in, in the conference final, especially one being a one seed and one being the uh, – the eight seed, but Dallas does come back. They're able to win. I think they won. Did they win in overtime or was it about to go to overtime? And they, they, they won scored? regulation, I believe. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was regulation. But I think we we would be remiss if the, we didn't mention the Kraken being able to push that thing to seven because they could have lost it in six. And they were down 2 1 pretty much the entire game, tied it. Unfortunately, we know how that goes, Dallas. When you have a, when you finally tie the game back, 
that's when they're going to have their biggest push. And that's what happened. That's the way they, they were able to win that game. So they, they deserve a lot of credit. And they're there for a reason. If they don't win the Stanley Cup this season, they're never going to win it again. Uh, they are the odds on favorite, like easily. Like like the four remaining teams, if you if there's one team that everyone like, yeah, this team probably should do it, it's probably Dallas. Like like, like Vegas has obviously been very good. Don't get me wrong, Vegas has been very good. And, and I think that they have the good goaltending and croissant, whatever the fuck his name is in that. And and, and 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 they've done a great job with, with getting offensive firepower and Jack Eichel and getting Marshall Soul and Mark Stoner back too. Um but like I said, Dallas has has the makings of a complete team. Like they have, they have, they have arguably the best goalie left in the playoffs. I'd, I'd say argue because he has, he's, he's been very shaky. Um, you have a great defense. You have leadership and Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, and company. You have the young, young and and, and Joe Pavelski, and you have the young studs, obviously, and, and Robo, uh, um, and and and, 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 and Rope Hints as well. So you have a very, very deep team. Very deep team, so like I'd be, I'd be remiss to, to pick against them in this series. I think Vegas is a very good team, but in my opinion, this is Dallas's cup to lose right now. I really hope that they don't win another one, but this is like they have the most set up for it. But if you look on the other side of things, Vegas, Jack Eichel looks like he's trying to silence all of the critics and, and not give anybody any any ammunition to throw his way anymore, and to. Here's the thing that I hope – I don't hope, but if, if Vegas is going to learn this lesson at any point, it'll be this year. Stick with the guys that have been loyal to you because Marsha Schultz and um, Chan Chandler – I can't even think of his name. They've made my life hell, but like that misfit line of the original – Chandler Stevenson is who I was thinking of. That misfit line of the original guys that you had there after the expansion draft are important, and they're the ones that won you the game against Edmonton and put you in this situation. So next year, if you want to be competitive again and you don't want to have – they kind of have it figured out already because in the five years that they've existed, they've been in contention for a Stanley Cup in four of those five seasons. They've been three, so, out, three, out of the, three out of the last four years they've been in the Cup final or not the Western Conference final. Like two yeah. years ago, they were in the Conference final. Uh, um, this year I, I love that one. And they're I love that one. I love that one when they lost to Montreal because I was in Vegas for that. I got to as pissed off and sad as I was, and I was still having my Colorado Avalanche lanyard on, on when we went out there. Everybody's giving me shit. And then it was like, I think game three, or it was game two. Everybody's like, oh, we'll bounce back. We'll beat Montreal. And then the Canadians just beat them at home. And we were staying at the Park MGM, which is where the arena is and where people have to get on the shuttle. And just the the energy going in was high. The energy coming out, you're in Vegas. So it's not like you could be too, too sad. You can go gamble your your sorrows away and, and find a drink on any every stop and corner. But no, this is this is going to teach them a lesson. I think it'll be good for their franchise in the future. But obviously, they have something figured out. And I think the NHL too. It's better when the expansion teams aren't shit for twenty years. You don't have to build yourself to being an actual professional franchise. These guys are paying a lot of money for these new franchises, but they're also in a spot where they can get really really solid players. You're not the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're not the Jacksonville Jaguars who are fucking waiting 23 years later, however long it's been, to finally have a quarterback and a team that's worth something. And, and you're not worrying about. And like I said the hockey doesn't better than anyone. Obviously, the Avs were an expansion team, but they were a brand new team. And and, and you brought and they brought a Santa Cup in their first year. San Jose has probably been the team that's been struggling the most. 
Um, they still been bottom feeder. They had a stretch there where they were deadly. They're the very good, and 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 obviously they're still trying to get on that. But nowadays, like with the how high level the 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 world of sports is right now, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, like expansion teams are not going to start off bad. They're gonna they're gonna get the cream of the crop, uh, no pun intended, and 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 be very very good. Not maybe not contending right away, but there'll be a team that'd be like, you know, we can conduct a team that. Fills our our identity. That's how Vegas did it. That's how Seattle did it. They weren't picking the big the big names. They'd be like, we're gonna pick guys. Yeah, we may suck a year or two, but we're gonna pick guys that that we feel fit our mold of how we want to run a hockey team, run an organization, and put ourselves up for the next fifty years of, of how this team will be remembered. And they've done a great job doing so. I I couldn't agree more with you. Let's make our <clears throat> predictions for the Western Conference and see if we're in lockstep on this one. I'll let you go first. I have Dallas and. And six, I think they went win on home ice because Vegas has a home ice. So I, I picked Florida, and I'll go seven, and I'll pick Dallas and six. I think I think Dallas, I think Vegas is able to get a couple home games. Um, but I think Dallas ends up winning uh, two road games and wins uh, wins a home ice game six. We're completely opposite because I I actually I think that the Stars will win. I think it's going to go seven, and they're going to have to beat them in Vegas, and it's probably going to be Game Seven overtime. Which now that my team's not left in it, I love overtime. I don't care. Have fun, yeah. I just play as long as you need to. Just give me an exciting moment and something that I could put on our social, our social media pages. Um, I think that the Canes beat the Panthers in six, and I think that the the Stars beat the Knights in seven. Those are the two t- the my two predictions for the conference final round. Um, last thing that I think we can wrap up on and, and send people off. Cause we're almost at three hours, two and a half hours of content for the week. So you guys get extra podcasts this week. Enjoy it. I don't know how, once the summer gets here, we might be able to put out even more, but yeah, Nico will be at training camp starting next week. So don't, don't expect uh, four, three hours of content every week for a couple weeks. So yeah. Unless I somehow get on a long-winded tangent. Yeah, Yeah, long-winded tangent. But this, I came across my feed today. I can't believe that this is still a conversation that we have to have. Tempe voted no on the new stadium for Arizona. So it seems as though, because that was the, you're in a 3,500-seat arena. Yeah, but it's only going to be for two years, and we're going to get a new arena built. Well, now that's not not on the horizon. They're gone. They're they're so gone. I hate saying that because look, I don't I don't like the Suns. I don't like. I'm not a Coyotes fan. I'm not a Suns fan. I'm not a Cardinals fan. I'm not a Diamondbacks fan by any means. But I have people that I went to school with that work for those teams, and 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 I know that more than likely that mean that means their jobs will be gone, and and that's very very shitty. It's very shitty, and that that's that's so tough to swallow, um, especially for the Coyotes who obviously look that that was another team that was expansion team. That just fucking or that 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 the team got moved there and then just never was able to get a float for everything. They got to I believe it was the Western Conference Finals in twenty eleven, maybe it was twenty ten. I forgot what year it was. That's as far as they've ever gone. And, and, and like I said, hot, look, Austin Matthews is from your city. You have a lot of great things going on. And I'll be honest with you, they waited for that Tempe vote until the draft lottery. Like guaranteed, guaranteed. There's zero doubt about that. You win that draft lottery, you are getting a building. Like, like that is so weird to say, but if Bedard is, if, if, unless you somehow figure out a way to trade up to the number one pick, which I don't think will ever happen because Chicago would rather write themselves off for a long time, which they basically already did, than give up Bedard, um, then your, your your city will be moved. Plain and simple. The team's going to be moved. And I hate seeing that. I hate seeing that. Um, a couple of proposed cities that I saw, um, I saw possibly another Toronto team. 
I saw possibly a um, uh, going back to Quebec. I think Quebec would be bad. I heard poss- possibly along the lines of maybe Kentucky, maybe another East Coast team. One city that I think that would be interesting, I heard rumors Kevin Weeks pulled this out, uh, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is a possibility. They have a nice arena there that, that they upgraded very, very well for the Utah Jazz. Um, I think that wouldn't be a bad city. Um, obviously, the uh, USA Hockey headquarters, partially in, in Utah, partially in Colorado, partially in New York. So I think that wouldn't be bad. Um, there's, a lot of op- there's a lot of opportunities. It's just sad to see because, like I said, I think, look, if the remaining four teams have showed you anything, it's that you can be in a war market and you can still have a good hockey team. And Arizona is just, just, just not. Just on every, just every, on every chance, chance that Batman has given him because Batman wanted that so badly. He wanted Anaheim. He wanted Arizona. Anaheim, yeah. obviously, like getting the Mighty Ducks movie is the only thing that keeps them fucking around. Like, like that's the only thing. There's, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. Cup. So, and winning the Stanley Cup way back when too, like, and getting Solani and Jagir. The Coyotes have never had that, Jimmy. They've no. never had a number one guy. Like like best player in in in, in franchise history, Shane Dell. Like like I was like, gonna say like, Connor Garland, possibly. Yeah, like 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 Biznasty, like like the, the these there's not a long list of guys. Like, like it's crazy because people forgot Gretzky was a part of this organization's ownership group when, from the from the beginning. Gretzky's number, obviously Gretzky's number is 99. is retired throughout the league, but they were the first, one of the first teams to do it. Like they, they once they started in existence, Gretzky didn't he was, coach them? For he was a, the coach. A yeah, he was a he was a coach. He had part ownership, and then they realized, ah, yeah, you don't know anything about coaching. You're you're one of the greatest of all time. It's crazy. Yeah. Just ask Patrick Wall the same exact question. Just um, do it like I did it. Nobody can do it like you did it. Like they've had opportunities, Jimmy. It's just, it's just sad to see. They have fucking some of the nicest jerseys in the world. I also heard Atlanta possibly too was an opportunity, which I think would be a, miserable too. Um, I think you might as well keep the team in Arizona. But look, you sold out Mold Arena every game, every game. Like yeah, it's three thousand people. Yeah, you're in a big, you're in a big market in Phoenix, but. You're selling out a Mullet Arena. You you build a nice district. Things could pop off. Like like, look, I have look. They did a hell of a job. Phoenix did a hell of a job with that arena and, and downtown Phoenix for the Suns. That arena is beautiful. They they, they like I said they have Benihana. It's fucking one of the the, the stands. They have Whataburger. They have the In and Out. They have all these things. I'm like, holy fuck! I'm eating chicken tenders every fucking night at Pepsi Center. Going to games on a random Tuesday against the Magic. I'm like, yeah, I'd want, I I kind of want some variety too. Um, they've done a hell of a job. Getting in their own little district in Tempe. Tempe is already fucking booming. Issues there. Um, Tempe downtown, like the bar scene there, it's incredible. Like, like if, if you you go to Scottsdale, you go to Tempe when you're when you're at school down there because because of, of how how crazy it can be. Like Arizona could be a hockey town. It absolutely can be. It is. hockey program is is great. Really good. You're just inability to to just just build a winning for excuse me winning franchise and, and good ownership and 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 talk to the right people is just wrong. I would love Jimmy. The only way that Arizona is able to save this team right now is if a big name comes back, is if a Gretzky comes back. Be like, I'm not fucking letting this team leave. I'm going to buy a stake. I'm going to do what I can to try to convince these guys to stick around. 
the team is gone. The team is the team is so far gone, unfortunately. Uh, and I hope for my friends' sake that and people that, that I went to school with uh, that work for the Coyotes that this, this isn't the case anymore. Because I know when they got kicked out of their arena, um, their original arena at Gila River, um, a lot of those guys lost their jobs. And and when they went to the Tempe, and now obviously if the team moves, it's more than likely going to be the case as well. So I hope that isn't the case um, as someone that has ties to Phoenix. But like I said. Arizona, you need to get shit together, man. You really do. I it wasn't what one thing that I was expecting to see today. It's unfortunate, and yeah, it, it I mean, it was a horribly vote. It was a, it was not even close. The vote wasn't even yeah. close. I was, it was like twenty like percent more in favor of no. Like, do you want to build? Do you want to keep a professional franchise here? Ask Seattle if they would have voted. If it came down to losing the Sonic, if that's how it went, if they came down to losing the Sonics or building a new stadium, they would have built a new stadium for the Sonics. Absolutely. Absolutely. They just, there's, I, I know a lot of people from, like, my buddies from Arizona don't follow. They watched the Avalanche when they were playing the Sharks That was when we were down in college. They don't watch Arizona hockey. They don't watch the Coyotes play. Which... Yeah, it, it is a great market. Like I said, it is a great market. They love those D-backs. They love their sons. They love the Cardinals. But for whatever reason, the Coyotes have just been the pissant. And, and, and it's it's funny because we have a pissant team here in baseball. But the team's still – like you still be able to build a nice facility, a place where people want to go hang out at. Like in Tempe, that Tempe building and that Tempe uh, t- square, whatever the hell they're going to call it, would have been the perfect opportunity. Uh, yeah, I think that's gonna probably a good place to to leave it for now. We made our predictions. We talked about the basketball conference finals. We talked about the hockey conference finals. Like I said, go back, listen to our episode with Terrell. We're going to try and get a few more guests on since Nico's going to be out at uh, training camp and won't be able to be on for quite as long for the next few weeks, but we're still going to have episodes every week. Be sure to continue to follow at FEO TV pod, subscribe, like the video, comment, tell us what you think. Uh, about our takes tell us if you think you if you think something different we'll be happy to debate with you all but no we we appreciate everybody tuning in and 138 in now feels like after 100 it's a kind of a crawl but hey, it's, back time, on it, it's time to get us a second championship we've got one in these 138 episodes it's time it's time by the time we hit 150 um we'll have a second championship mark my words knock down wood right now i also so Thank you, everybody, very much for tuning in. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, co-host Nico Bryant, Far Into the Bench, episode 138. We will see you guys next week. Peace! If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. <laughs>